0: If you didn't know, on this podcast, we cover the use of technology in healthcare a lot. It's the whole point of the show. Well, an interesting adjacent industry to healthcare is exercise and sports medicine. And one way that technology is used in this setting is to help with coaching and improving performance of players and recording how a player acts or responds, and then a coach shows them the footage and then helps that player make improvements to do better next time. And that's just one example. I've grossly oversimplified a lot of it. Well, imagine using technology in a similar way, but for healthcare providers. So helping clinicians in simulations to improve how they respond to situations to help them to deliver better patient outcomes in real life. Well, my guest today, Landell Archer from Ellipsis, has a lot of experience in this kind of thing and a lot more experience in the realm of human-centered design. I actually recorded this interview in person in a studio in Sydney that Landell is currently using to record her own podcast. And I think by the time that this episode comes out that you're listening to, her podcast will probably be released or soon to be released. So we'll make sure the link to that is in the show notes of this episode if it's available. Otherwise, keep checking back to our website and we'll let you know when it's out. Landell's also a THT Plus member. So members will recognize her from the community. And she also recently moderated a session at the Talking Health Tech Winter Summit about the use of telehealth in public health. So let's get stuck into it. eh? Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen.
1: Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Burge, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology.
0: This episode features a conversation with Landell Archer, the CEO and co-founder of Ellipsis, a human-centered digital consultancy. Landell works with clients to create digital solutions that are designed for the exact people who use them. So, in healthcare, that might mean telehealth systems for patients apps for clinicians or portals for hospital staff. She's got 12 years experience in various software solutions, and she comes from a background as an exercise psychologist who's worked with elite sport, corporate health, and with clinical patients. In this conversation with Landell that you'll hear next, we talk about her career journey, how to better create solutions in healthcare, and the benefits of deep discovery, digital prototyping, and usability testing in creating solutions, and a lot of other interesting things too. Here we go be great firstly, Landon, just to understand from your side, like your background as well, how you've got to what you're doing today.
1: My background's in exercise and sports science. Mm. I came through, I studied exercise and sports science at Sydney Uni. I, very much like you, I, this is where I think we get along. It, it was like I was at uni and one of the, you know, the head lecturers, she was talking to us as a group of first years. And she said, only 1% of you will actually work in elite sport. I looked around the room and went, I'm going to be that 1%. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So I worked in elite sport at a technology company who did video analysis of elite sport. And I, I did my other clinical work on the side as well. So I worked clinically as an exercise physiologist. I did a lot of like cardiac stress testing. And then I worked in corporate health as well. So I came through doing some clinical work, but really with that goal of working in elite sport, Mm -hmm. which I got to do because of technology. So I fell in love with just what technology can do for different industries Mm -hmm. and what you could actually take from elite sport and take it back into healthcare. And one of the things that we were doing in healthcare at the time was a lot of healthcare simulation. So you'd set up a, a simulated scenario A bunch of people like a a um, multi-faceted team would come in and work on a mannequin for example and and we would video that and we would take points out of that video that we could then show the the participants in debrief here's what you did but here's what we'd like you to do or Did you even recognise that you did this? Because, you know, the simulation is designed to be highly stressful. Mm -hmm. It's designed to replicate what a stressful situation would be like in an emergency department, for example, or an ICU. And so we were using the video as teaching points And that's exactly what we were doing in sport. So we were capturing video live in a coach's box. We were coding some key moments and we were showing it at halftime to the players who Mm -hmm. we know are visual learners. We want to say, you know, instead of doing shifting right in a rugby league game, this is where you should have shifted left and here's the gap in a netball game or, you know, in a soccer game, like outlining this is the defence that you should have run in this particular play. So I really fell in love with the way that technology can be used in different industries and how, like, you could learn from people. So in medical simulation, we were really analysing communication between key people and then the delegation of tasks. So how the head nurse, for example, might delegate tasks to other nurses working in that team. And then when we took that back and told Sport about that, you know, we told the Sydney Roosters at the time Mm -hmm. that this is what we're doing in medical simulation. They started to mic up their... Halfback and their are 5'8", who are two people who need to work together mm. in every game. And they started to understand how they were talking to each other at training, in training drills, and also I think they ran a couple of practice matches where they could wear those mics as well. And so it was like this crossover of what technology could be doing for all of these different industries. Mm. And to do that, all you have to really understand is the problem. So understand the people who are in those positions who are trying to solve that problem and then you can work backwards and say well we can use this technology for that or if we if we design this for you then that's going to solve your problem
0: yeah
1: yeah so I've been doing it a long time now. <laughs> yeah, that's very
0: cool. And so now are you involved both still in the sports side and in the health side?
1: I am. Mm. Since I started my own business mm. in like October last year, I went full time in December. Cool. I had a few people reach out to me and say, oh, what are you doing now? Mm. And and that sort of brought me back into the sports fold and into the healthcare side as well, which I just love because yeah. I love that variety. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to go to the Sydney Roosters game for the first time. I was in their box in about six years, and it actually felt like home. We were at the SCG. We were watching uh, the Roosters play Brisbane, and it was just felt like home.
0: I mean, obviously, I know the the health side of things pretty well and and the the challenges and the opportunities that exist in that space. And there is some interesting stuff happening around simulation training and Mm -hmm. there's all different types of solutions in there. Like we've featured some plays and have got some coming up as well soon around using VR and other kind of tools and AI and other bits and pieces. Like what's the area or the type of technology that you're utilising? I mean, you talked about some specific examples before in the sports side of things. But in relation to health and the simulation side of things, what does that actually look like on a day-to-day?
1: Yeah, so there's there's a technology company called Fulcrum Technologies. Mm-hmm. They're Australian. They are born out of a company that used to be called Sports Tech and then was taken over by a American firm. Now the the team at Fulcrum have developed this video technology that allows you to do you know mark up certain events that happen so that mm-hmm. you can go and do a debrief. But essentially, what they've done is so smart because they've taken what is normally complicated audio-visual gear mm-hmm. that like an audio-visual technician would have to put together. Would mm. You know, there'd be a solution designer, there'd be, you know, cabling and, and integrators and all of this sort of stuff. They've taken that concept and built out a box. So it's called a piston box that helps you like capture these video feeds into this box and then share that via a Wi-Fi network to an iPad app. So really for the end user it just means downloading an iPad app and connecting you know via Wi-Fi just by a local like local network to this box yeah. and then you've got your video the ability to code the ability to debrief mm. all in one go. So my I'm doing some consulting with them. I'm also working with a creative agency. So where we are here at, at Made in Katana the creative agency, their stuff is more project-based. So companies will come to them when they want to have a solution around a, an app, for example, if mm. they want to build an app for a certain thing or if they want to. One of the projects they did was really automating the delivery of pharmaceuticals from the pharmacies once mm. that the script had been placed. So instead of having to you know, wait for pharmacies to be open or you know, if you were trying to get a specific thing done at a compounding pharmacy... Yeah. They built out the user experience and the the web technology that could then link the clinician and the patient to those pharmacies more quickly. Cool. So, yeah, I'm working with a couple of different businesses. My, my business, Ellipsis, focuses on that human-centered design of solutions. Mm-hmm. And we just bring in the partners where it makes sense. And nice. having a bit of a foot in... The australian like technology startup and yeah. and knowing a lot of people who have been in the tech industries that have gone off and started their own things and also working with creative agencies because they can just do mm. so much mm. um yeah I, I think i'm just like the conduit really yeah. i i go in i understand what the try and understand what the problems are and then i just bring in all of the partners to help solve the problems
0: yeah. and it's important having that someone to actually make it happen as well too so often there's great solutions and technology you know, all the bits exist but then you've still got to kind of build it and like make it press start and go you know so yes. that's uh that's a really important job and so at the like you're moderating a session at the Talking Health Tech Winter Summit all about the use of telehealth in the public health setting and so you've got a little bit of experience in that space as well
1: yeah, and I'm so excited for that because it was it was really strange. We started a project back in 2019 mm-hmm. where New South Wales Health wanted to sort of change the way that they were doing telehealth. Mm. They wanted to have an integrated system. They wanted to use PECSIP, a video conferencing system, as the backbone, mm-hmm. but essentially create a front-end web application that replicated how you would go to a physical Clinician. So, Mm -hmm. how you would go to the hospital and you would see a specialist, you'd have a waiting room, you'd have people who would acknowledge that you're there and they would walk you through into the room. So, they really wanted to replicate that physical space in the digital space. Mm -hmm. And I worked with them on that project. And we released the first version of that in March 2020, just as the pandemic really hit Mm -hmm. Australia. So, it was perfect timing. Mm -hmm. We'd been working on it for about a year. And then because it had such a big uptake, I think you know, 2,800 clinicians in New South Wales are now using that system. They had so much feedback around what they wanted to do next. Yeah. And in that time, I, I'd started my own business to focus more on that, that human-centred design consulting. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to work with them and do some discovery with them around how they're actually using it, how it integrates in with their day-to-day lives. Yeah. And I can't tell you how valuable discovery is. When you can go and physically see what these clinicians have to do during their day and how they just have to incorporate your solution. There's so many things that you can pick up and recommend for them that are pretty simple fixes, yeah. really, to the system. And um, when you've got a team that you're working with who are super creative, as long as you can translate what the problems are and you talk to creative agencies about, okay, let's do the design thinking here because here's literally what what their day looks like yeah. and they don't have time to press all of these buttons yes. that we're determining for them. How to? How do we make this better? Mm. So, that's, I think that's just been a really cool ongoing project. And yeah, we're, we're still working with New South Wales Health now to just iron out the next round of enhancements. And then yeah. I'm hoping that we'll go again because I think the product has like a lot of potential for them.
0: Yeah. There would have been a total mind shift, I think. I, I, I know a lot of telehealth vendors who existed long before... COVID and you know those creating solutions in the telehealth side of things where a lot of the conversations were still around well is this even a viable kind of you know model or a lot of the thinking those that were passionate about it, like yes it is and it'll exist in a you know we need to build it now and gradually get people there so that shift from that being a thing that will be used eventually to hey people are using it already now and we've got to help them like helps continue to build the plane while it's flying must be a bit of a a shift but it's totally right about the design thinking side of things too like the in, in, in a clinical setting you're you've got a patient there or a patient waiting and you know if you've got to click on three or four different things and you've got you know multiple moving parts you know the the path of least resistance is what you take which is no surprise that a lot of the telehealth consultations that happen now are over the phone but are there any interesting insights you've seen from you know your work over the past 12 months around the use of telehealth in that public health setting?
1: Yeah the telehealth is going to play a massive role in Australia Mm. we're a huge country the rural and remote health you know part of what telehealth is trying to do is just give rural and remote people more access to healthcare. but New South Wales Health also recognized they had they had a bunch of different stakeholders who were interpreters and also telehealth managers and what we found out from them was when you have a physical consultation and that might be for say a 65-year-old woman English might not be her first language so she might need an interpreter or she might not really understand all of the jargon that's been thrown at her okay no no fault of the clinician the clinician has to communicate the fact that there might have been a heart attack there might have been some plaque in some arteries they had to do a bypass all of these sort of words and in a state of you know trying to take all of that in and having this thing just happen to you Mm. you might not get all of the information so maybe your treatment isn't as good as it should be because you know you just didn't take in all of the information correctly so what they identified is that they want the ability for family members or carers to be part of those consultations as well Mm. and I do this for my parents already you know like they're one my dad's in his 70s and so to be able to be part of his you know uh, understanding what the doctors are telling him and sort of translating Mm. it for him Mm. he doesn't know those words so what we found was that telehealth actually opens and, and makes that more accessible for family members to be part of so it's not just about having the patients remote from the clinicians but it's also having the patients remote from their families yeah, totally. so even if you're in a consultation physically with a, a clinician so a patient's in there with a clinician you can you, you know dial in the family member or you can dial in the interpreter or you can dial in a specialist clinician who might be up on the border in Queensland Mm. but they can dial into this particular consultation because we need their expertise Mm. so I think just where we started with telehealth even before the pandemic we had some really great ideas around the human side of how we're going to create better care and it's you know, building the right network around these people to give them more information, make accessible, make healthcare more accessible for them. Cool. So I think that we'll see that trend continue.
0: Nice one. Oh, we're well, looking forward to to hearing more at the summit. Um, we've got a few different panelists from di- different states health departments utilizing telehealth in different ways with different experiences. So that should be a good one. Looking forward to to that conversation. Just lastly, Landel, then, so from your side, what are you going to be continuing to work on in terms of your own business now and clients and all bits and pieces?
1: I think what I'm really loving is working between the clients, the tech people and the creative agencies. I think I'm just the conduit that can bring those people together because I think if you look at the clients, you know I was out at Blacktown Hospital last Friday and the head of the ICU is not someone who would probably call the director of a creative agency to say, hey, I'm having a problem in my ICU. Yeah. how can you come and help me? but he's 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 comfortable with me. he knows me really well, and that's that's a person that he can draw on to say, all right, you know this stuff, come and tell me what you think. And then I think, bringing in a creative agency is a different way to think about it it just gives you different ways to think about the problems so where you've got ux consultants and you've got like highly creative people they're usually working on something with sony or universal Mm. studios or spotify and you bring them in brief them on what we're talking about but they just bring this different kind of different brain thinking to yeah. the problem. And then, you know, having the tech aspect and understanding what people are building, what they've built, how far along they are in their journey, that gives us a real tangible thing of this isn't in the future. This isn't yes. some big, like, blue sky thing that we can do for you. This is something that's available now yes. and we can we can bring this to you. We can wrap a support model around it and, you know, this is going to solve problems. So I think it's a little bit niche but that's exactly where we sit and I think that you know more people will understand the benefits of like using those kind of different groups of people to solve problems
0: hey being niche is the best way to be I think that there's a (laughs) lot of problems to be solved you know utilising creativity and the other aspects you talked about within healthcare and there's a lot of cool solutions that i think can be built so good luck with all of that we'll put the details for ellipsis and everything you're doing in the show notes of this episode on the website uh, for the podcast landell thanks so much for joining
1: thank you thanks for listening to the show check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the australian health tech industry also make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and shared this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.